0: Okay, we're in Palak oh, Palakal, Let's go back to Yud We were conquering Kiria Sefer. The area around Hebron is always difficult to conquer, <clears throat> and as they often did, they gave out rewards for somebody who would step up to do it. Here, the reward is very, very of. it's not money. We'll get into the money in a, in a moment. It's the daughter of Khaled himself and his half-brother, Osniel ben Kanaz, is going to finish the job. He is considered uh, the gadol adar. He has the Shiva, which we'll describe later, in the Negev. And he's no stranger to... Leading Kalei Yisrael, bringing back 3,000 halachas who forgotten in the time of Ben Enezavelis. And clearly his Kalei uh, here is going to give him the Siyat Deshmaya, which is why you had asked last week why is it that he took a risk just announcing whoever's going to walk in. The Gemara has a criticism of different Yechidim, Tzaddikim, who did this and most of them got answered correctly. So we have to get back to that. And Teisus wants to know why Cholev is not on this list. He's not on the list of those that are criticized, which means his assumption was correct that everything will be okay and everything was okay. Why did he assume that? So one of the two reasons is going to be, we'll use that for now, that anybody who is going to finish this job is so choshev that it's not going to be a yichus issue, because you need incredible schusim to conquer what even Kalev couldn't finish doing. It's an interesting teretz, because you could tell that anybody is going to do the job well in any of these scenarios is going to have incredible schusim, And any young lady who's going to offer water to the camels and to all the men, and it's going to be a tremendous Baal's chesed, the yichus is going to be correct, but that's going to be one of the assumptions, one of the teretzim, we're going to work with. For now, we are introduced to Asnil Ben Kanaz and the shidduch that is about to transpire. tremendous Gimel Asnil Ben Kanaz, v'yitin l'isha. sadekes and atznuah we mentioned last week. One of the reasons given she's called achsa is that it would cause kas it's in other spouses if the other wife wasn't at Sanua. So she had requested, perfect for the upcoming of spousal responsibilities and disagreements. Here it's recorded for us to see because it's important for us to know what the request was and Osniel's involvement or lack thereof. A lot of this is going to be situational, but a lot of it is Hashkafic in nature and what the parameters are. You'll see what I mean in a moment. They were married already or about to get married, but the shidduch was made. And She saw that the person she's marrying is the Gadol Adar, which she heard about, but now she sees it up close. And he's a tzaddik, a tamachacham, and a parish, which goes together here. That's why he started this yeshiva in the Negev, yeshiva in the the Negev, where you have a situation of total lack of gashmias. There's nothing there. Out in the middle of nowhere, which historically that's where they started yeshivas. That's where they were interested in starting yeshivas because there are no distractions, there's nothing going on. Uh, if you wouldn't know history and you would ask somebody about the Mir, it's out of the Mir, that, that uh, tremendous metropolis somewhere near, uh, there was nothing going on. There it was a mining town a lake. and uh, <laughs> Lakewood, right? Lakewood, when Lakewood started, the reason I ran went to Lakewood is because it was out in the middle of nowhere. It was a resort area, believe it or not, compared to the uh, New York weather of the snow and the cold. It was a bit warmer. still a bit warmer. Snow is relatively rare in Lakewood. And a good six, seven, eight degrees can make a big difference. And at an age where not everybody can afford to fly down to Florida, that was a place that had a hotel there and a nursing home, and it was uh, not quite Lebedee. And of Iron Felt... No, nope. he lived in Bar Park, he commuted close enough, even though it was a long trip, close enough to get there and get home, and far enough that it's not right in the middle of the city. That's not to criticize any yeshivas in the middle of the city. But there's a certain yeshiva das that somebody has when there's no noise, and there's yeshiva das when you're not struggling with the Sahara to go down the block to get your nearest, well, I don't know if in Europe anybody's going to get pizza, not Slabotka, not all these were relatively small towns, but they had yeshivas in Warsaw also. Uh, distractions were less. Nowadays, you can't compare when either you have a yeshiva out in the Bundocks or you have a matzah with yeshivas in the middle of the city, but the schedule is such that there really isn't any time to go anywhere, which is the way they try to structure it. So that's why he made the yeshiva mamish in the middle of the desert. And to the credit of the B'nai K'eni, which we'll see soon, they came, they left the relative comfort of a central area, and they went to the middle of nowhere. And in the times of yesteryear, middle of nowhere meant plumbing is um, nothing to discuss, electricity nothing to discuss, but they couldn't even dig a well very successfully. Everything was difficult and everything was scarce. So this was the Rosh Hashivas. Neil Kanaz lived his life like this, which is why he became such a batera. And even with our tremendous level of Gashmi, it's just something to think about when either you're making decisions where to be and how to get rid of distractions. And discussing with somebody last night, uh, there's still possibly a difference in a person who is always tied to their phone, whether they have the phone on them in their pocket, and whether it's on or off when at least they're focused on their learning for the hour, two, or three, or four that they have during their davening. That's a way of, if it's not turned off and if it's still on you, it's a way of bringing all the distractions into your davening and learning, which is something you don't want to do. So even within the city limits, Muncie for people who live in Manhattan, is the Bundocks, But plenty of things going on. And you have to know how to put yourself in a matzah for the time you have and seclude yourself. And that's what he designed over here in terms of the yeshiva, and that's what he was The reason I'm mentioning that now, we didn't get to Bnei Kenei's self-imposed exile to get themselves to the yeshiva. We're talking about him. And when she married him, or after the shidduch was made, she realized (coughs) that this person has absolutely no sheichist to Elam hazeh at all. Nope. She's thrilled. Married the gadlader, what is chus? Her father was the gadlader also. in gefen, in gefen. We're talking about Kalev, the daughter of Kalev over here. She's no stranger to this, but I guess even compared to Kalev, he was a parish and she wanted to help the effort. This is a very sticky topic for many people because when... Mitz people want to be and they're more than proud and happy and she's more than proud and happy to be married to somebody who's sitting and learning whether it's uh, for a couple of years whether it's short term, intermediate, long term whatever you put down on the resume there are all sorts of expressions whatever it is, it's all good and whatever you can get it's a wonderful way to start off and as long as you can learn you shall learn which is true, nothing to do with getting married we try to learn as much as we can and the Kesh Baruch has given us the ability more so than in previous generations. It doesn't mean we're greater. It means we have a greater Achrayas. With that said, the kesef Minolan question is often asked. And as I said, it's a, there's the general Hashkafa and then there's the individual uh, circumstance, <coughs> which is different for everybody. It has to be figured out in consultation with uh, the Das Tera and the Matthias and the Shifas of the young man the young lady and the young parents and the young in-laws. They're included in this. And it's their schuss. And many people understand that and are very happy to be able to do whatever they can within the resources and the circumstances. She saw, now this is not a young lady who grew up in the lap of luxury. That's the first ingredient to wealth. It is low maintenance, by the way. that's People don't realize that. As far as the question, uh, I'll look for money, they did get money, no money, a little money, some money, everybody's counting everybody else's money. It's hard to figure out sometimes. Uh, the key to Ashiris is low maintenance, both for him and for her. The less you learn how to spend when you grow up, the less you're going to want to spend later. Uh, you can say that once in a while people are a reaction and they were so into not spending when they were children, they want to spend and spend and they want to get rich. Okay, that could happen. But but what you're used to is what you continue in life. And when you spoil your children, not only are you doing a disservice for them now, you're doing a disservice for decades and decades to come, often their entire life and the life of their children. You set a bar. Usually the bar is just raised further, not lowered. And that's something to think about as you spend money, even if you can afford it. I'm talking about if you can't afford it, there shouldn't be anything to discuss, even though, unfortunately, today people have little plastic things in there wallets, which are great when you're filling out a suba to make lines to the end of the line. Uh, I use them all the time. That's uh, hopefully a schooler that you know, we won't have to use them in other places. But people have plenty of plastic in their pocket. They can't afford it. They can't afford it. A different problem. But La whatever you spend, whatever benchmark you set for luxuries is going to be impressed uh, on the next generation. And they're going to take that and push it higher. So I'm mentioning all this besides the Musa Shabayi important for us, is because we're talking about a young tzaddikis who was used to a pretty low bar in the first place. He was raised in Kolev's house, and Kolev is one of the G'deliah there, and we know a lot about him already. And he has accomplished a tremendous amount for Kalei Yisrael, and she marries us Ben-Kanaz, and she's now working on what we would call finding a job. If he's learning a kail, well he's a shiva already, so she's going to try to help support or ask your father to help if he can, and if he can, that's wonderful, nothing wrong with that. And the Chafiz Chaim says, it's only a shaila of is after everything was agreed upon, and we know what the numbers are, you try to squeeze more when you're asking, you can ask once, you can ask twice, if you ask three times already, you more, and you apply pressure, that could be a shaila of The is not when you ask somebody to live up to their obligation. That's keeping honest people honest if they can. Los is when you're asking for something. Chavisheim spells it out clearly. It's after the agreement is made, and now you're asking for something that wasn't part of the deal. The parents, the in laws, you want to ask, you could ask. The question is asking or too much pressure. That was not Baruch Hashem the issue over here. She's going to ask, and she's going to ask once in a very humble way. But she's going to ask. I think what's going on over here is that Kale wasn't very attuned to Gashmirs either, and he gave them a piece of real estate. There was an Adon over here. Sure, the reward for conquering Hebron was my daughter, and the Nadan that goes along with it. Of course it was a Nadan, the Nadan always came along with it. And then she checked out the ranch, checked out the real estate, and she realized that this area is not very fertile, which around Hebron, by the way, most of the area was not very fertile, because Hebron was a base kfarist, and there's a reason why it was a base kfarist, because the area wasn't very fertile. So, it's not like a shock, and it's also not a shock that Kalev didn't realize that Kalev is not trying to shortchange anybody, obviously. And he's more than proud to have his half brother now as a son in law, who is the God Lada, who's sitting and learning, running the best yeshiva in the world. He's absolutely more than thrilled. This is everything he looked forward to and he's probably 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 not poor. He was given cavern in the area, has some real estate, wasn't happy to give it. So this wasn't by design. It's just that he wasn't attuned to the market and didn't ask a friendly broker what it was worth. And she looks at it and walking around, she sees, you know, there's no irrigation over here and you can't grow anything. And they didn't get these fields to flip. This wasn't another to uh, turn into cash. What are you going to do with the cash? So she now realizes she should really, somebody's really got to ask her father for something else in addition, because they got to grow some soybean or corn or wheat or whatever they're growing to be able to make this work and run the yeshiva. Nothing wrong, that's why I'm describing the back. You read this quickly, like why is she asking and what's the problem over here? The answer is she doesn't want to go to Lakewood for vacation or Florida or somewhere else. She just wants to be able to pay the bills for her husband and for the yeshiva. And therefore, she's going to make the request she's about to make. Before she does that, she asks her husband to do it, which, by the way, is protocol. You have the son-in-law, of the rosh yeshiva. Nothing wrong. Rosh the rosh yeshiva asks something. you run into yeshiva. Can you please ask Tati um, to get some adjunct to the field that we have with some natural water source or something like that because we're going to need it. Nothing wrong with asking your husband. He said loy with an aleph. I'm not saying this was a sikhsul. She asked. He said, no. Why? doesn't say. I can think of many reasons why. This is what he gave us. I'm a stopping food, which he was. I don't need this, and we're going to eat man, which he was eating anyway, and I don't need it. I'm not discussing right or wrong here at all. Either is the pussy. Discussing Maybe she was in charge, and she felt as the wife, she wants to help out, and Lamai says she's going to have to bring it in and fill up the cupboard and she thinks good at the task she figured it's not her place she's a daughter and, but you're the son-in-law you're the Rosh shiva. so you ask he said no nah, I don't think it's a good idea and I don't want to and it didn't become a machlikas she basically said okay she went and did it herself that's a mouthful for an introduction for what's going on but otherwise we're going to really butcher these psukim which you don't want to do yes i Yeah, yeah, he knew it was a rocky area. He definitely knew, but you know, you can grow anything, and it's all that Baruch Hashem is doing it today. You can grow anything anywhere. Question is, what water system are they going to come up with, and uh, how much do you have to bring in the pitcher and, and pour it in? It's a question of how difficult it's going to be. It's, um, Kalev certainly felt that something could be done with this, or else he wouldn't have given it to them. He didn't give him maras mapele, so... The question is, why did he realize this? The answer is, it's He He's also sitting uh, Why she realize it, it? It had value X, and it did have value X, and it was probably generous, and uh, for sure it was generous, and he gave it. She, being on the ground, literally and figuratively, started looking around and tinkering and realized, uh, this is not going to be that easy, and it's not just my husband and me, it's the whole yeshiva. Don't forget, we have, we don't know how many, it could be hundreds of tamidim who came from Yericha, which was very fertile you're sitting, their the fruits are dripping, you're under the tree, you're at Tamarim, and you're good to go. And they gave up everything, and they came here, which is unbelievable. And there's nothing but sand dunes, and they're around Hebrim, but don't forget the yeshiva's not right here. It's an hour due south, or five hours due south, by camel, not by car. And he's sort of going to commute, like Avarin did to Lakewood, and somebody's got to pay for this. So everybody's L'shem Shemayim over here. That, that's why I'm giving this introduction, there's only a few people who over here, and I think there's a lot to be learned from here, is that Lamaisa? she, is an Reish Hashayot, did what had to be done, even though it wasn't comfortable, And she first wanted to give him the covenant, I say that in quotations, uh, of asking, and he said, no, we're running the yeshiva already, and, um, well, I'll do without. And she said, that's probably doable, but maybe Kadai, my father, would love to do it anyway, why not? And he actually was fine with it as we'll find out in the next posse. So there's nothing wrong with the ask. You have to know how to do it, when to do it. And it's just a tremendous cus and Kalev was very interested and happy about this, which is wonderful. Now let's read the Basukim. means she tried to convince her husband to ask, and that didn't work, uh, because he felt it wasn't necessary, because he was such a parish, and could be Klape Shemaya, he was right, not a question of right and wrong, it's a question of where he was holding, where she was holding, even though she was low-maintenance, as, as I introduced, and she was a big sadekis herself, and she married him, and they ran the institution together. So she comes for the meeting, and she meets her father, and comes off of the chamar, and asks in a very humble way and asks once. time ki gulos mayim. So she didn't ask for another 100 acres or something. She said she needs a water supply, an irrigation solution. So can we have something else that has that with it and either trade it in or um, have it... Uh, Close by, so we'll be able to use it. The eaten la kavez gulos eliz and he gave it to her. Sounds like pretty quickly, pretty happily. And if you look at Rashi in Tesvav, Eretz HaNegev, Adam, just saying, Rashi is the miash Shita shamikra He jumps to the underlying reason why this request was necessary. Adam shabesai menuguv mikol tov ain't by el Eretz HaNegev. They weren't in the Negev, they were near Heber. So we don't know exactly where the property that he gave her was, but somewhere in the area, and it was dry, and that's why the next person to talk about the one that was more um, natural in terms of the water sources and irrigation, and something you going to have to shlup in by bucket. But Rashi says the underlying issue over here is Adam Shabesa Manugu Michal Tuv Shainba He is completely separated from any form of Gashmias, and it's not going to bother him. And he didn't even feel like she mentioned that. His mom is that. He didn't even think I should ask. He was fine. The way it is. So it's coming from me, maybe the more practical end, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure she said all this in the conversation. But maybe if you can afford it, which by this time he probably could well afford it, and doesn't mean, again, she grew up high maintenance. It doesn't mean that he spent a penny that he didn't have to. But she said, Lamaisa, he's manuguv mikoltuv, and he only has Terah, and this is not his domain. And therefore, can you help out? And he did. Next, Rashi, gulaz mayim, stay beis abal, asa beis demaya, And beis abal is a field that the Gemara a lot that's uh, self sufficient with the water supply, not depending on the rain, because a lot of these areas, wherever this was, in Aytes HaSwabachlal, you can't really depend on the rain. And this year, Baruch Hashem, they had tremendous, tremendous rainfall, made up for many years of uh, missing water lines in the Kinneret. They're almost full. And there are many years where and Hashem designed it that way because you have to constantly daven and daven. And she felt uh, they're going to dive it anyway. It's good to have something with some advantage so we can pay the bills in the yeshiva and get things done. Yes, I saw a hand somewhere um, by some executive director of yeshiva somewhere. Okay, no? Okay, let's go, weiter. We don't find any crit- criticism of Chazal of the request. That's what I'm focusing on. and. Uh, fully understood what was at stake and he felt it was his chus and we should obviously always have the same attitude when it's possible. So now we talk about the yeshiva and who came. And if you've ever driven through Midbar Yehuda. It's still there, and it's still a midbar. And it's pretty large, and there's nothing going on there. still the same sand dunes, and a wonderful place. As we mentioned, to put the yeshiva, no distractions and nowhere to go. They left Ira It's called Ira often, especially over here, to show the Gashmias that they left. Yericha was very sought after. We'll discuss soon why the Bnei Keni were living there they're gayrim and they really don't have a nahala in Eretz Yisrael which is part of the reason they were living there is because this city was not given out to anybody from the shvatim because as a trade off yishlaim had to be an intertribal city and later on they're going to give it over to Klai Yisrael and the shvatim that are getting their nahala taken away partially like benjamin Yehuda, those who are naturally there, are going to be giving Yerucha as a trade-off for giving up the city of Yerushalayim to give it to all Yedbe Shvatim. It didn't happen yet. It's not going to happen for a while. So it's sort of being held by them to be able to have that trade-off later. They needed somebody to hold it. And that somebody was Pnei Keni. They're very trustworthy. People are very high madriga. And they weren't getting a regular enachla anyway. So they were holding the Mokkam. They were also nomads. And the area was supposed to be built up because Yerucha had a chayim not to build it up. So they were the perfect solution, and that's why they were there. Not everybody left, but a significant amount of Bocharim decided to move and go learn under Osniel Ben-Kanaz. Rashi and Tez Zayim, Me'ira Tamarim, Hi'yiricha shenitulam dushnosh, hi'yiricha l'och l'at shi'yibbona b'isamiktosh, Umish, hi'ibbona bechal and they're going to swap it, now here Rashi says every shavah uh, in Harabayis, they're makaris that it's in the entire city of Yerushalayim, not just Harabayis. It's the, what we know is the old city. Nasnuel of Yisra arba meyaz for arba barabayim mishana till it was necessary. It's not going to be built for a while. Tamidim Shabahem in and then the bachrim who are eligible to be able to go learn decided they're not making the yeshiva there. They're going to Gullah, so to speak, into the Midbar, to learn by Asniel ben Kanaz, again with tremendous self-sacrifice. <laughs> well, it was part of the Besamiters. higher bias has part of Chelek, Ben Yamin, and Yehuda. One juts into the other. So if we're giving it up and making it inter-Shvatim area, then you've got to give them something in return. Yes. yeah. Whatever that's worth, because you still can't build up the actual city, but Yeruchel was an area, and apparently there were areas you can live in and areas you can build up. So it's still valuable. It's interesting that this considered a lot of self-sacrifice. It's very hot in Yeruchel today apparently the locals didn't mind at all. It was considered very fertile and a wonderful place to live with natural resources. And uh, going to the Midbar, where it was also very hot, maybe even hotter, was considered a tremendous sacrifice. Uh, today, unfortunately, in our gallows conditions, Erecha is uh, being controlled by our cousins. And that's fine if we're not supposed to live in that area anyway. We have places around there, not too many. And there's gambling going on, and there's all sorts of funny things. So we don't have it back. We will have it back. We'll have the whole day of We're still not going to build that Malcolm. Maybe at that time the cherim will be off. It's hard, hard to know. Hard to know the parameters of the Khan. We know it went for a long time because Chiel paid with the life of his children for trying to build it with this Chutzpah and clearer. But now it's um, being held by other nations. And uh, they were metameut uh, to uh, go, as they were in many parts of Eretz Yisrael. It's a general problem, not just with our cousins. Our cousins from other nations still have batei um, avodarzara all over Eretz Yisrael. It's not just Yericho. I hear people complaining it's not right there. Yericho—that's our original city. You can't live there anyway. And <laughs> it's not clear where you can, where you can You can't build up the city anyway. So there are places to live uh, close by. Next Rashiveshevasam Ayesh and he was there with the people. S means M. It's interesting. Everybody davens, and you have to say Shmanesray, Shmanasre, then wasn't that official. But everybody davens the basic Shrach, and Adaya. You could tell a person and what's the panini for a person when you look at what his bakash is all about. What does he emphasize? So in our Shmanasray's Barech gets top billing. Because that's about panasa, and again, nothing wrong with panasa. If it helps your son-in-law learn, it helps you learn galalik, helps pay the bills. But you have to know how much to emphasize it. Asnir Ben Kanaz spent a lot of time in Atachinen and Teira, and added in Shmackalenu the following: Shiasmala Tamidim Agunim. He wanted to be Marbet Tamidim, and he wanted good Tamidim to get Mason effort for their learning. And that's what he doubted for. That was the focus of his life, his learning. And he got it. Yikra, Yisrael. The whole tefillah that he asked in the Gemara about his learning, we'll get to it in Mitzvah uh, next week. Uh, the sheriff is in two weeks uh, per the calendar. and And Rashi says his tefillah was answered, his own learning, and his tremendous Haslachah with his own learning, and his Chidushim, and bringing back all the Allah they forgot, and the fact that he was Marba. Agunim, He not only got Tamidim, he got Tamidim who are Mason nefesh a tremendous amount, and Rashi calls them people of tremendous madrega in their Mesiris nefesh. Let's go to the Pelayets. Do we'll a few minutes since we started very late. Starting a new entry if you go to page uh, Samach Ches. page Samaches, the entry Bareach. Second half of the page. Amu Rabu Seinu Zechon Levorach Havirat Mitzvah Bareach So I'm talking about Shifas and Davening from Asnil Ben Kanaz. So people run where they want to run and if they're excited about doing it, they find no issue in running. There are people who spend their whole professional life running across the field very quickly. The quicker you run, the quicker you score. And they're enjoying it. There are people who aren't professionals who um, run around, and there are people who run around in Muncie. You can actually drive by and see tennis courts. They don't seem to be running anywhere. They're going back and forth and back and forth within a few feet. But they're sweating, and they're running, and they're doing, and they're uh, jumping all over the place. And that's considered a a fun Sunday morning activity you look forward to, no? If you get your exercise, why not? But everybody's bareach, everybody's running. The question is where you're running to and where you're running from. And the fact that somebody should daven, they have enough Yerushalayim to run from Aveira and some people who are jealous, this is kina seifim, but it should be used, kina seifim, tarbah not to be sarcastic. You see somebody running away from a veil like they're running away from a snake, like Meishra ran away from a snake. He also ran away from a veil like that. You see that, you should be in awe, you should be jealous. And sometimes people say, ah, what are you so nervous about? It's not, it's probably mutter. Safi raban and Safi teresa maybe, it's a sex faker. you know we do have rules like that and once in a while we apply them but if your whole ma- mahalach life is we just have to find out why so then you're not being from Avera and that's what he talks about over here it's um, obvious if somebody is jumping around on a tennis court you know, we'd walk by if we wouldn't know what the sport was we'd go to the guy and offer him perhaps some medicine and say you should calm down you look very jumpity jumping here jumping there <laughs> Would, if you look at it from the outside, it's like, calm down. I want you to relax a little bit. No, I don't want to relax. I'm trying to jump around. This is what excites me. It's fine. We have no problem with that. So when somebody, Ruchnius, uh, doesn't mean you should be walking around nervously. If somebody gets nervous that there shouldn't be in our over here and you start saying something, he's worried about Lashon and Hurrah, something like that, and he um, tries to steer the conversation, or that's called Yerushamayim has to be done in the best way possible. Uh, whenever you're giving, most and we're trying to control what's going on. But Lamaisa, we call that Yerushalayim, not nervousness. And when it comes to people who are um, very nervous, uh, day traders have to focus. They're my favorite example. Doctors do also, surgeons. I don't suggest they space out. But we don't call them nervous. We say, oh, they're so focused. They're so, so into what they do. It's, so, it's such a pleasure to see. They don't come up for air. And when somebody's uh, doing that in his learning, and his Yerushalayim, he said, like, wow, you can't get too uptight. Don't take this too far. So it's, uh, I'll never forget, there was a the middle of Azman. And I had a relative who was uh, getting married. And I was in Yeshiva far away, somewhere in Mipa Yehuda, in the Negev, <laughs> let's call it. And there was some family questions. Come to the chasna, I'll come to the chasna. It'd be a day and a half of missing five Soderm, and uh, it wasn't my brother. Let's put it that way. That's easy to do. It wasn't my brother. So, the a question. Go, not to go. Baruch Hashem. Three weeks before, there was another family chasna, and there was another cousin who missed the chasna. And I overheard one remark. And somebody had mentioned that, yeah, he missed the Chasna, but uh, he's studying for the, uh, for the, what was it then? It was either the CPAs or, why? Yeah, something like that. And they said, well, you know, very focused young man, he gave up a simcha for, you know. So that was it. The conversation didn't continue after that. Because um, it's an important story happens It's always a of when do you go in knock everybody wants to see you and if you're the young man you're the yeshiva bother which uh, I didn't even with my father it didn't even come up my father asked me I said you had a half a minute to go I said no I have a half a minute I just said there were there was an answer to mentioned that there's coming up I, no it's not a half minute and when it came to the person who was about to study for the bar or whatever he was studying for the doesn't make a difference, doctor, lawyer, accountant, that they're be understood. You know, it's, a, it's an important thing. We understand. I'd like to see it, but what can you do? So that's, uh, that's the dichotomy we have to fix because it's not only more important, let's make it at least as important as understandable and put the at least on the same pedestal, even though it should be higher. So Yerushalayim, is part of the same package and we should be impressed if somebody's barer, which is what he says in the first two lines. They're both running. Shaila's which direction? Even if there's a tiny shash. I don't want to give it away, but one of the last things we're going to have in our for the last five months, this week, probably going to finish it, Is a Shaila about an interesting product that's considered alternative medicine, homeopathic. And uh, it's not that you got a warning of this already. Um, They have whatever they put in. It's a pellet. There's, it was the 400th power, I think I asked you about. There's something in there which diluted to the 400th power. 400th power is 400 zeros, Correct. Right, right. Yeah, so it doesn't... Well, I tried, to, I tried to do it in the calculator to see, you know, how do you say this? You can't say it with the first... We ran out of words for it for the first few zeros. It did just write infinity. So the product, we'll discuss it this week. Is there any Shilatita Manevich? But it doesn't really exist. It's not in there anymore. So I asked the doctor... We'll discuss this. We'll get to it, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday night. I asked the doctor. Uh, I know already right, if I asked doctors about homeopathic medicines. Uh, I know what answer I usually get, but there's not a reference to the homeopathic medicines. I asked him, I said, uh, I'm curious, if there was cyanide in here and it was 400 zeros, would you take it? One of our fine doctors here, he said, I don't know, cyanide. He would take it. So that's telling because you talk about fish, this salmon is made with typhus, real typhus, like duck's liver. It's a great Tintaminefish island. 400 zeros! That's after a trillion, 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 trillions. Google, infinity. So this doctor, I was a little surprised, said, uh, I don't know, I had two products, I'd probably stay away from anything with cyanide in it. That's tremendous urus cyanide. So. I have no opinions either way. I just want to know his his medical opinion. Uh, but when it comes to averas, most people say mm, it's a hashishim it does it's mutter. Where did the duck liver is? <laughs> is there any shail of my manefish? So we'll get to that in the shem later this week. But barayach min Aveira means you got to know when and you got to know to what extent. Have a good day. Enjoy your tennis. The bris is was this was already I'm finished.